Yes, John has a face for podcasting. Uh, well, we have a face for John for podcasting. Yes, yes. <laughs> if John if John can't use his own face, we will provide a face for him. That's right. It's true friendship uh, there, folks. That's true. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, a podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are uh, Master Troy Sandlin and uh, the Derpy DM himself. <laughs> John Hang on. So I just want I I wanted to go on the record yeah. that uh, the first the first well like I, I the first or one of the first podcast recordings that we did I was the 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 DM darling, and now I'm the now I'm the derpy DM. How how far we have fallen from the, grace? The darling derpy dwarven DM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the year. How many D's yes. is that? How many D's is that? Yeah, of the year. <laughs> all the uh, it's all the D's. It's all the D's. It's all the D's. Every D. Yeah, yeah. John John is is collecting all the D's. Struggle mm-hmm. bussing. Pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That is All right. Awesome. Only for you, dear listener. Only for you. Mm-hmm. That's actually not true. It's uh, It seems to be my lot right now at this point. Well, yeah, and the sad part <laughs> is anybody listening to this you know, in podcast form will not get to see an image oh. of, of your... I'm, I'm sure that industrious minds like yours will could easily copy and paste this out onto the Facebooks so that everyone. I mean, I, I'm I'm willing. I'm giving that to you. We I'm, could I'm even, them. you know, Troy, uh, just hop onto Pinecast and we could make sure that that is the image for this episode. <laughs> I like where you're going. I'll, right. I'll put I'll put together like a thumbnail for it. Fall from grace. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> or. Or maybe maybe this is lifting you up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Actually, this is an improvement. I, it's totally an improvement. So so to help audio listeners, um, John's video isn't working tonight, Yay. and so Troy had a, a a derpy dwarf image ready in the wings for just such an occasion that we are like a uh, friggin' tiger in the reeds ready. And, and the best part about it is that is exactly what the image is called. <laughs> Tiger in the reeds. No derpy dwarf. No derpy dwarf. I know now exactly what your Google search was for. (laughs) Derpy dwarf. The the lost dwarves of uh, of the seventh. He's the eighth dwarf. He's the eighth dwarf. He's the one that didn't make the cut. Who was such a ding dong that he just fell down into a well and could never get back out. He was. He never went out to. To go mining because he was always messing around on his computer. Couldn't get his... Uh... <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, we have a ton of news. We kind of previewed or hinted at that last week. But we got a ton. We got a ton. Mm-hmm. We got a ton. And um, I think we should just dive right in. So sh- shall we Shall we dive in with all of the stuff and then go with uh, what what was dropped at D&D Live? Or? I think so. Okay. I think so. I think we'll save that for the end. Um, yeah, so let's see, let's start off with, you know what, I'll start off this week. I have a tiny project to toss to the listeners, um, a Kickstarter called the Tiny Tome of Dragons. Um, this launched just a few days ago, 
and it is one dollar. So yeah, don't think I never don't say I never did anything for you. This is a this is an easy, cheap way to get in on something without uh, breaking the bank. Uh, the one thing that kind of made me pledge for this right away, uh, or that at least made me interesting, is that uh, this creator uh, is from Mexico, and we don't see a lot of stuff coming out of Mexico yeah. uh, for the RPG side of things. Um, so I thought that was cool. It's a 20-page project. Uh, it looks pretty good. Like, the layout's pretty clean. I like what it's... Uh, it, it's pretty... I'll call it like a standard 5e presentation. Um, and it has right now... Um, two new types of dragons. It has wilderness spirit dragons, like the shadow tree dragon, the wildfire dragon, and the cascade dragon. And then it has stellar dragons, like the meteor dragon and the supernova dragon. Um, and it also has things about their combat styles, their habitat, and their ecology. Um, and they'll be fulfilled on drive through RPG. Um, um, I think I'm going to, let me re-echo. I love seeing creators outside of the U S mm-hmm. and seeing what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love that. And, um, just if not for another reason, not to like fill a quota of, um, somebody else doing something, but like, I just like seeing the different takes on stuff and how their, you know, their cultures and their perspectives flavor this stuff. I love it. Really, really do so good for them. Right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what this is all about because I mean, I mean, how can you not back it for a dollar? Right. I mean, pfft. yeah. Yeah. It, the the only sad thing about it is that it it won't make really any money, which is kind of a shame because I think it should. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like uh, I would have happily backed it for three dollars or whatever, or five dollars, so, or five dollars, yeah. or right. yeah, like. Um, but whatever they ask, I'm going to, I'm going to do and support. And, uh, I think it's cool. It's only a two week Kickstarter. So, uh, if you like dragons and you want a PDF of dragons, this is a good one to, uh, to throw yourself at. Yeah. Especially with, uh, you know, what's coming down the, coming down the road. Yes. Mm. Uh, delivery is sept- in September as well. So look at that. Yeah. So, look so please that. dear listeners go back and, uh, Back this, share it with all your gaming friends, and you know, blow this thing up for this for this creator. Uh, give him a just a, a big boost and see if he see what comes out of it after that. Absolutely. Um, so that's uh, that's Kickstarter number one. Uh, Troy, do you have a Kickstarter you want to talk about? Uh, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I'm going to do. Uh, Selwyn's Guide to Wilderness and Fey, seeing as how the Wild Beyond the Witchlight is coming. Hmm. It's a, it's another one of those. Um, it's a quick one. There's only ten days left as of this recording. Um, it is being done by uh, Chamomile has a project, um, and it's got all kinds of different things involved in this, and it's also a pretty. For the PDF, it's only five bucks. Um, but it's got rules on like how to play lycanthropes, um, <laughs> different uh, different ranger abilities, and things like that. 
it's got, I mean, it's just kind of a neat idea on the different fey, different wilderness kind of thing. Um, how to do monster hunts as as like a focus mm. and how to make them and not just, you know, here's some, here's a couple of survival checks. Can you track the, the beastie down and kill it kind of thing? Um, you can, uh, m- more stuff about uh, your, your rations and your, and your, and things like that as you're going through the wilderness, how you can resupply, uh, you know, not just the straight up accounting of, mm-hmm. oh, I ate a ration, take it off, kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, so I just thought, pretty cool. They, you got a shapeshifter class. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to work, you know, since you have a druid, kind of a thing. But uh, it's dedicated entirely to transforming into, you know, the different beasts of the wild. Interesting. And, well, and, yeah. I um I hadn't seen it until just now, and I am backing it. So there you go. Right on. I if, like zines, and yep. uh, twelve bucks for the uh, for the physical copies, kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. How many pages was it again? What do they say? It is. It it does somewhere. I should put that in my notes. While you're looking that up, it uh, looks like they're about they're going to hit their five thousand dollar goal. And they'd even they'd mentioned that a lot of the art was being pulled from a previous project that they would worked mm-hmm. on, but they're mm-hmm. going to work on all new art. So that's good, good for them that that's going to work out. A lot of this, the line art that's in there is is pretty slick. I do like it. It's, it kind of has a really like an old school vibe to the the black yeah. and white line art. Maybe they didn't mm-hmm. put in how big it was. I'm not seeing it now. Nah, it's all right. I'm not too worried about it for twelve bucks. Yeah. I'll yeah. roll the dice, and if it's a twelve page thing. Um, it's a 12-page thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they do have uh, previous books, so I'm sure you could go download one of those books and, and get a sense for how big of a product and what, what quality they have. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right, so two small ones. So we're not breaking the bake today. Not, not yet, yet, at least. <laughs> um, John, what do you got? Oh, man, let's see. What do I want to start out with first? Okay, so let me... I got two of the bigger ones. Let's let's start with a small one that's a little bit that's nearer and dearer to my heart. Uh, the the folks over at Dragonlance Nexus, who is the quote end quote official unofficial Dragonlance uh, fan website slash wiki slash uh, community resource trove. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nexus has been around for years. I mean, I can remember it mm. whenever back in third edition. Um, Trampus Whitman and some of the other guys over there that run it are. They are super Dragonlance nerds. Like, I love that series, but they uh, they can school me hardcore. They have put mm-hmm. together. Uh, they've essentially they're filling the vacuum of what we were kind of hoping for this this year. We wanted like I wanted the uh, the the campaign setting to come out, and it didn't it didn't happen for Dragonlance this year. But as a good way of tidying us over, they've come out with their own third party material that is free. Uh, it's a 96-page uh, resource that goes into uh, everything you can imagine for 5th edition in order to run a Dragonlance campaign using that game engine. Uh, they've got all of the, the races are updated. you got the organizations of Ancelon and how the how, um, Renown works uh, with those resources, what goodies that you get if you're a, a Knight of Salamnia that hits a certain Renown 
point and the title that you receive, things like that. They've got uh, special weapons and equipment that are based on different cultures and races like the Hoopak. Uh, it's, a, it's a quintessential uh, Dragonlance weapon. Uh, you got different player options like backgrounds like the Kinder Handler. The, they've got a do- Divine Domain of Pestilence uh, for, I think that's for, not for Chemosh. Chemosh is the god of undeath. It is, I can't remember the name of that god. Um, see, the, my, my, uh, there's my card getting, getting pulled already this early in the podcast. I've lost my, my Dragonlance, uh, wow. my Dragonlance cred. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so they've got, they talk about the different kinds of magic and the different, and from the different ages of Kryn, which is cool. They've got all the, all of the classic stuff in there for like the magical items. You've got the Bright Blade, which was Sturm's Sword, the Blue Crystal Staff, Frost Reavers, uh, the glasses of the Arcanist, Rabbit Slayer, which was uh, Tasselhoff's little dagger knife that he 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 toted around. They've got a bestiary, so you've got uh, the Hattori, Draconians are in here, Spectral Minions, Ogre Titans, all that good stuff. I don't see Thanoi and a couple of the other ones that I would have expected. Oh, what? No Thanoi. What? No Thanoi? I know. Oh, you, I thought you said these these people were professional. That wasn't a deep cut either, by the way, smartasses. <laughs> Uh, that was legit. <laughs> For anybody that's read the books, you might know who the Thanoi are, and that's fine if you don't. Um, or you might not, because I read them and I don't remember. They're the walrus folk oh, that are in Ice Reach. I know about them like specifically right now because they're all up in my uh, my Dragons of Eternal Rhyme game. Anyway, <laughs> all up in it, all up in it. Uh, they got the timeline is in there. They got ge- uh, geographical details about like Balafor and. Ancelon, Goodland, all that good stuff. So, again, top to bottom, back to front, got lots and lots of detail in there, and it's and it's actually pretty good, like like legit. It's laid out really well. They, I think they 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 you know they're not they probably got permission from a lot of these author these uh, artists before they used the art, I would assume. But even if they hadn't, it's free, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like that that open domain. As long as they're not selling it, kind of kind of. And and how much did you say this was again? It is for free, zero pennies and or dollars. Yes. Yep. So, right on. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'll. I'll probably update a couple of my things in the campaign once I go through this. Draconians in particular. I snagged uh, it. I. I saw that. I was like, oh, this is gonna. That's kind of cool. I was gonna. I was gonna buy it. Hmm. And then when it popped up, it was like just download i'm like yeah they they actually uh, the nexus has a has a patreon now so they gave their patreon members access to it early mm. um like two or three weeks early and so um but they released it to the public uh for anybody that wants it <laughs> they've got a, they even have like a big old map in the back so it's pretty slick they have like uh, all the information about how the moons work and a lot of the other mechanical features of the uh of the setting are in here too so yeah that's mine yeah that's i think one, anyway. this is pretty sweet i mean it really really is yeah it's it is it'll be interesting to see how this translate and how not this necessarily translate but looking at this and the way that they kind of had to do it it'll be interesting to see how um uh how they handle this from Watsy like cuz mm. Dragonlance being like the Star Wars as Joe Manganiello referred to it um so eloquently of D&D People are kind of like myself. I'm still stuck in the War of the Lance, Time of the Twins trilogies. Mm. So for me, like that's like that's Dragonlance to me. Um, a lot of some other people that came in late or that really loved a lot of the stuff that came after, 
They like the Age of Mortals. They like the War of Souls. They like the post-War of Souls. Or they, some people even like as far back as like the, the King Priest of Istar or post-Cataclysm 1, where it's like... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, definitely like, that's where I am, is post-Cataclysm right. 1. Because it feels like... Uh, it almost felt like... Uh, are you messing with me, Zach? Nope. Don't mess with me, man. The God, I'm, the God I'm a man Emperor, on edge. The God Emperor of Kryn. Kryn mm. Messiah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to con- continue to talk. Um, I'm going to do my part to uh, to fill the time on this podcast now. <laughs> jerks. <laughs> Fucking jerks. By the way, it was Morgan. I do remember it was Morgan who was the god of pestilence and decay. Oh, whew. Right? So that, that I'm, pulled I'm, that one in clutch. I am You're glad welcome, you remember dear listeners. Because I was going to be up all I was not night. interested in the I was not interested in the domain of pe- pestilence until that, but Mm, well, kind of now like you they know. phoned it in until until I found until you cool. Found that. oh, uh, good, yeah, so. great. So that's mine. Uh, you have you have successfully. Hang on a second. Here's what I don't get. Like, how is it that I'm like there are like rungs of nerdery, right? Like once you enter it, like once I go down to a certain rung, I get looked down upon by those on some upper rung somewhere. I didn't know that there was there was like a nerd ladder where uh, my fandom was somehow lesser than. Eberron, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it, it has nothing to do with the actual fandom itself. It's just me. It's okay, just cool. you. It is just me. Okay, cool. Look, I, th- I did that not for me, but really for the edification of everyone listening so they knew why. It's because I brought this on myself by by existing, right? Like, that's pretty... Well, it's not just existing. I mean, let's face it. I mean, yes, I'm a big fan of Eberron, mm-hmm. but I'm nowhere close to your level of, I am an evangelist. Anality of uh, fandom. I am. I am doing the Lord's work when it comes to Dragonlance. That's 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 what I'm telling myself anyway. You're spread. You're definitely walking around. You know, I, handing out pamphlets. I really need to be vindicated at some point. I'm like, I pray to God that at some you point, need, whenever the, that the campaign person. comes out in fifth edition, it explodes and everybody's in love with it, yeah. and I'll be like, pointing my fingers. Ha! <laughs> ah, I told you. Well, no, see. It's still it's still going to be funny because if cool. it comes out, I'm mm-hmm. going to buy it for sure. But and again, I'll still be a bigger nerd. Exactly, cool. you'll still That's be. True. You know, do you know what Tasselhoff's favorite color was? Everybody knows it was blue and yellow. I mean, everybody knows it was blue and yellow. Everybody. God. <laughs> no. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a casual. <laughs> you are you are a filthy Dragonlance casual. I. Gurk, I will I will read the Dragonlance uh, setting book right after I get done reading the DMG. Yeah, when it comes out, I commit to reading the back cover. <laughs> you, there you, it is. You commit from reading the front cover to the back cover, just the covers. No, mm-hmm. I commit to reading, yeah, reading the front cover and the back cover. Yeah. Mm. Um. No, I. It, this is actually cool. I'll give you that. It's cool. Dude, um, it's, it's pretty solid. I love it. This it, is a really, it's, it's like, cool. yeah, I mean, like, all joking aside, even if it's not Dragonlance, like, you just want to talk about holding a torch. All the people that were involved in this, you know, they've got, like, lead designer. They have, like, I think four or five different people just on rules development and another 10-ish on writing. They've got several people that were editing it, proofreaders, graphic design and layout. I mean, it's not like... You know, it's not it's as polished as yeah. Oh yeah, as and like a Watsy thing or whatever. But I mean, but you could tell that a lot of love went into this a lot of time. Yeah. So, 
Heck yeah, mm, good yeah. for them. Yeah, I, I would awesome. be down to play in a Dragonlance campaign, no doubt. Not in mine, jerks. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I would want I'm a true fan to run. Yeah, I'd want to. So, I, I would want a real experience, not your like half baked. The person I'm the that Frost would go, crossover. Yeah, there you go. It's like you want the one that actually knows who the god of pestilence, what their name yeah, actually. Right. Is. Yeah. So right at the drop really of a hat. Yeah. So, yeah. At the drop of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love how I've actually I should know it. And it's like when you can't come up with like a really simple word like sunset or something like that. It's just like, what the hell is that word? Yeah. yeah. I, and now is the time whenever I choke. I love it. Yes. I equate the word sunset to how, <laughs> it, is easy for me, it, man. how easy it is to remember the name of like, the god of pestilence. It should be for me. In any setting. <laughs> In any setting. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! Well, hey, cool. Uh, Can someone please save me from myself and move on? That'd be great. I'll save you. I'll save you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, the bad part is we can't see him squirm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like super animated. Hands are flaring oh. everywhere. Nostrils just like oh, I can hear the size the of saucers. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. here, let me talk about one. I'll talk about another one that's not from the U.S. Another Kickstarter. Uh, this one is from Australia. Um, it's called banality. The future is like now. Hold on. Okay. It is a dystopian cyberpunk RPG in many parts is the sale. But here's, here's what I want you to know. All right. This is the thing. First off, it needs some love. It It doesn't have a high goal and it hasn't hit even that high goal yet, but it is an RPG designed around trifold modules. Mm-hmm. which mm. I think is a really great idea. Um, it's got its own cyberpunk RPG system. It starts off with one module that's a bit designed around it, printed on a trifold, and it's like six bucks, five or six bucks. Um, the further it goes, uh, so that that's until if we hit, if it hits like 700 bucks, Aussie dollars, um, then you get one module. If it hits 3700 bucks, you get two modules for your money, and so on and so forth. So, you know, if they were to hit the lofty goal, which I doubt, but if they were to hit the lofty goal of 15000 we would all get five modules for our, for our dollars. I think that's a cool idea. Um, I think for five bucks, it's worth, it's worth a gamble, mm-hmm. just for one module. Um, it'd be really exciting if they hit more than one. Uh, I like the, like, it's got definitely, like, a punk aesthetic, right? Oh, yeah. It definitely feels like a like a, a Misfits album cover. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it says, um, uh, it, you get, basically, the game's core mechanic and print and premise from the first module, um, and then I think, uh, I think as it progresses, you would get more and more stuff. Um, but you get the, you get the rules on that first one. So I don't know. Anyhow, I just want, I want it to succeed. They've done some other stuff in the past that was successful. So, um, I know they can, they can make this work. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed that they had such a slow start. I wonder why. Um, but I think they'll well, hit their goal. They're just, yeah, I mean, they've still got 29 days to go as yeah. of this recording. They'll get their 500 bucks. I just wish they would have gotten like, you know, had a strong start out the gate. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is, but I think they'll be successful. They just maybe not as successful as they hoped they would be. 
And I mean, how, how can you not like the idea of all the game stuff that you need in a trifold brochure? Mm-hmm. You slap, you know, five of those together and throw them in your your game bag. If mm-hmm. if your actual D and D game for the night doesn't go off, you you pull these things out and go with it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Craig is saying that that's about fifty cents uh, U.S. dollars. Um, I don't recall. I, I think um, I think it was eight dollars Australian dollars, which I I'm going to be honest. It was about six bucks. Yeah. Yep, six bucks. Means. So, um, anyhow, check it out. Banality on Kickstarter. I dig it. Cool. Uh, those are my only two, actually, for this evening. Just uh, two small ones. Um, but Troy, you got another one. I've got. An, well. I've got another one. Uh, this is Stargazer's Guide to Aurora. It is a campaign setting for Five E that uh, brings a new way to create a character involving hmm. the Zodiac. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, and it's very well put together. The art looks amazing. It's coming from Ink and Liar uh, from Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And this is their first one that they've created. Uh, you're getting, let's see where to go, uh, 12 subclasses, 3 races, 23 locations in this in this world that is very much attached to their Zodiac. And Mm. part of the character creation process is using that, that Zodiac and there's, they have 12 signs and they were nice enough to actually use our Zodiac that everybody, (laughs) everybody knows and kind of like base it off that, but give it uh, different Mm -hmm. names. Um, They do have a free uh, PDF download that you can check out they're you know part of the character creation process to see if you like it um it it looks really cool i i'm interested if if for no other reason to check out how they're using the zodiac to really you know get into character creation and how that connects you to the game world and and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. but everything else about it is is piquing my interest as well just you know the like i said the art the, the NPCs, mm-hmm. how they're really digging into that aspect of things that, um, you know, the astrology part of part of it. I just think that stuff is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's really, it's kind of in right now, you know, the, the astrology, the tarot mm-hmm. readings, all that kind of stuff. I just think, yeah, I think you could probably get this and it would probably fit rather well with you know the wild beyond the witch light coming out with the fey stuff you could connect it to your fey realms and your campaigns um they're they're mm-hmm. doing some if they get high enough in their stretch goals there's going to be some some adventure modules they're going to stat out the divine avatars of the different uh, zodiac signs and, and things like that it's mm. I don't know. I feel like this is a solid, solid project. It's already funded, so mm-hmm. that's not a worry. It's and it, there's 28 days left in it, so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of time to hit those stretch goals, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. 
Hold on, Kirk. Yeah. I'm putting the link in. You know, they've yeah. even got, like, they went kind of all out here on oh, some yeah. of the extras, too, right? Yeah. T-shirts and dice oh, boxes, yeah. dice vaults, stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like they got an enamel pin. They got freaking socks. 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 Zodiac socks. Yeah. Like, I want to know which member of the creative team had the like, inside dope. Like, like, I got a sock guy. We can do this. I got a sock guy. We should totally do socks. And then somebody else was like, yeah, seconded that idea, right? They're like, yeah, absolutely. Socks. You know that's, what this thing needs? More need. socks. More socks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the uh, the one thing that I think that is a, a really cool add to is the the GM screen. They got a wooden GM screen yeah. screen that is on theme. It's got a lot of all the astrological signs that are incorporated into it. They've got good branding on there. A couple of neato um, mm-hmm. quotes that are kind of uh, like your story is in the stars. Look under the heavens, kind of stuff there too. So that's cool. I mean, like just from an atmospheric perspective. Looping that in as well. And that's something that, depending, they don't show what the back of the, like the DM side of the screen screen looks like, but I would assume it's, you could probably pin something on there. It's, or uh, maybe they've got magnets or something like that that you could use to to customize it as necessary. Well, I think if I'm correct, let me see this again. Uh, Nine Realms, I believe, is who is making their their wooden products. So I think if you mm -hmm. go go to Nine Realms, and check out their other GM screens and things like that. You'll probably get a good idea of what this is all about. But yeah, gotcha. it looks slick. I mean, it mm-hmm. is. It's it's got all the bells and whistles and then some. Yep. And, and socks. And socks. Bells and whistles and, and socks. socks. And how? And yeah, it's how. and it looks like I'm looking at their creative team here. They've got a really good spread of uh, of folks that are that are incorporated into this. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, it's good. Rep- I think feel like there's good rep- representation, at least on the surface. Mm-hmm. A lot of different voices that are incorporated in this that I'd, I'd really want to, I'd want to hear from. So, Heck yeah. um, there is a guy with a military slash camping spork fork spoon combo in his picture that I need to know a little bit more about his whatever part that he played in this. Uh, like, which chapter did you write, Jake uh, Hubsch, or however <laughs> you pronounce his last name? <clears throat> You know, I, I was looking at that, too, and I, I was thinking to myself, man, if there's one thing that John is going to pick out, it's going to be this <laughs> fork spoon. Spork. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, well, That's it's on te- brand. Yeah, it's technically not I, a I spork. Always... I mean, it's it's a double-ended. It is. Mm. It is. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to argue it with you, okay? I'm not going <laughs> to argue it with you. I'm just not. I'm not going to get, get baited into that argument. Now, uh, John, let's talk about... You got you got two massive, yes. Topics. And I, yeah, yeah. These now, next two, yeah. I feel are I do not own for sure in this conversation. This is something that I. This is a a group think. Mm. Um, so that we're going to have to dive into together. I think the first one that I'd like to dip into. I'm going to stay. I'm going to dovetail really very like very nicely with the the uh, Tasselhoff's um, pouches of everything. Talk about Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. So this one came out of nowhere uh, mm. over the last week. I mean, we kind of had some um, some rumblings about it, about what it, the, the what the uh, the next the mysterious third middle book would end up being that's going to release uh, this year. 
And then all of a sudden it went from, like before the, um, the D&D Live stuff uh, even started, you know, Amazon was spilling its beans, D&D Beyond was spilling the beans, showing pictures of the cover and all that good stuff. So Wizards of the Coast just can't stay ahead of their own friggin' news, well, it, and, it seems. And, and let me just say that uh-huh. this, it was actually broken before anybody else, you know, Amazon spilled it or anything else by Ted from Nerd Immersion. Yes. And the the level of, I don't know, it was almost like something from the movie Hackers, is how he found out about this. He, yeah, I saw that. He, he dug into some back-end code or something and found <laughs> the information well, yeah, so and he, the image. And, what oh he my did gosh. is he went to, to D&D Beyond's, their site, and he essentially, you can look at their code just by, like, with a, with a quick uh, flip of the button, but like, how did he know where to start? But even to look for it, right? But what they what they'll do is they'll usually stage that stuff ahead of time, so that as soon as they, they yeah. quote unquote tell they they tell you know Wizard says go like eight a.m. on Friday or whatever, all they have to do is like refresh something or flip a, a bit, and it shows up to the public right the next time that you go to the website. So, uh, mm. but yeah, holy crap. Way to yeah, go! That, that was hilarious. Yeah. So okay. So let's. They we. What's also interesting about this one is how much information has been divulged about the treasury of dragons. Um, we've got pretty much a chapter by chapter. I've looked up as much as I can on this one, uh, dear listener, to kind of give you a good idea. There are six chapters that we're aware of. Chapter one uh, is all about the the dragonborn races. It's going to be uh, character options. Uh, you're going to talk about uh, like the Drake Warden Ranger subclass, the Way of the Ascendant Dragon Monk. Um, the people wanted dragon flavored stuff, right? And a lot, and some of the the feedback that they were getting. So this is it. If uh, if you want though, um, uh, you could play like a, a dragon-themed warlock that's an archfey warlock using the Moonstone Dragon. So there's some other ideas in here, even though you're not going to get a subclass for every single class. There are going to be mm-hmm. some tidbits that are in there about how to f- take the existing classes and kind of uh, bolt on existing stuff to make it dragony, right? Uh, chapter 2 is all about spells, things that were previewed in Unearthed Arcana, It'll also have some new uh, magical items that are tied to dragons. Might be a dragon lance in there, from what I understand. I don't know. I'm not saying that there will be. Uh, they may go into more de- depth about the the dragon orbs. Was another thing that I'd heard. Um, chapter three is dungeon master centric, and it's about all about building dragons as unique characters. Um, one of the things for Dungeons and Dragons to be like literally in the the brand dragons. Sorry, guys, are super boring in the Monster Manual. Like, the most boring <laughs> dragon that we've gotten, I feel, since, like, the beginning. Um, yeah, and fair. so a lot of Chapter 3 is supposed to be um, stuff that you can tack onto your dragon to make them more interesting, swap out powers, abilities, and things like that to, to make your... Uh, so you can cre- essentially create build adventures and encounters and entire campaigns around dragons, right? And so that uh, we can really get the, the dragons can kind of get the love that they kind of deserve as a part of the D&D brand in the first place. 
Um, mm. Chapter four is about layers and hordes. They'll have um, like pictures and maps of hordes, layouts, the things that you're going to kind of see in there, regional effects and new layer actions that are tied to specific layer maps, um, tables that will help you create uh, cool and interesting treasure hordes and things like that as well. Chapter five, uh, it takes a look, a de- an in-depth look at each and every single dragon. Uh, so you'll get more about the personality of brass dragons and how you know, gold dragons relate to others. And then uh, chapter six is the bulk of the book, or I say the bulk, it's another a full third of the book, similar to Volo's Guide and Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes, where it's a bestiary. Uh, you'll see revised versions of the Sapphire Dragon that are in there, Gem Dragons, Amethyst, Crystal, Emerald, Topaz. You'll see stats in there for Deep Dragons, Moonstone Dragons, Dragonborn Champions, Dragon Servitors, um, like all kinds of dragon-adjacent creatures will be, will be incorporated in there too. So, And now the really, really interesting thing about this too is we're also now getting a new age category or like a, a category of dragons. Right, mm. so you got your wormling and your, uh, you know, your young, a uh, young dragon, adult dragon, worm and great worm. Right. Well, the new, the new category is the greater worm, and the great worms are, uh, they talk about like the multiverse, and how across the multiverse there are echoes across the multiverse of dragon X in uh, Forgotten Realms is tied to dragon Y in Dragonlance, and then also tied adjacently in Spelljammer and yada, 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 right? So all of these multiversal uh, dragons are somehow tied to one another cosmologically, and whenever they either found one, find one another or they something occurs to where they merge into one is whenever you create a Great Worm, which is effectively like a cosmically powered godlike. It's like bah- uh, Bahamut, uh, mm. Tachesis could pro- might be one, kind of, if they... I don't know if they're going to tinker with some of the lore of, of Bahamut and uh, and Tachesis, but uh, hmm. holy moly, man, there's a lot in this book and a crap load that's already out there that we know about. Yeah. So a lot to digest, a lot to digest. A lot to digest. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, uh, Girk asked me uh, a week or so ago, I think, about, you know, about this being, you know, Fizban's treasury of dragons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so do you think we're going to get is this setting up for Dragonlance? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think. I, I agree. I don't think this is setting up for Dragonlance. What I think this is setting up, or not really setting up, it's it's continuing down the same path as incorporating the worlds of D and D and the worlds of Magic: The Gathering as all of these multiversal worlds together. Mm-hmm. All these different yeah. planes, because. You've had, you know, the the de- the default setting is Forgotten Realms. We 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 know this, we understand this, but yet we get a Morden Canaan's Tome of Foes. Right. Why wasn't it Elementor's Tome of Foes? Well, because Morden Canaan would be the planeswalker <laughs> for Orith. Mm-hmm. And mm. why is it Fizban's Treasury of Dragons? Why isn't it you know the Blackstaff's? Treasury of Dragons, because Fizban would be the planeswalker for Kryn. Mm. And I think that's how they're they're kind of building towards that, because now you've got, you know, the, the Forgotten Realms cards for 
Magic the Gathering. Hmm. I think it's just a way to, somewhere down the road, it's all going to come to a head. And it's all going to be, you know, oh, now Forgotten Realms people, the the adventure, the, the, the free adventures that are coming out, deal with a planeswalker from Ravnica landing on Forgotten Realms. So I think that's what this is doing. Do I think a hmm. Dragonlance setting is coming? Yes. Do I think this book is heralding its its release? No. I, I, I think that's just kind of an ancillary thing. Hmm. Because, I mean, hmm. unless, unless and, and John will know this, uh, you could just have as easily said this is Dolomar's Treasury hmm. of Dragons. Sure. Unless something happened to him in the stories that I, I don't remember or don't know about. But yeah, Fizban would be the Oh, he's the he's the guy that everybody rem- would remember. Well, and, and spoiler alert for those of you Philistines that either hate or have never read Dragonlance, but Fizban is the the avatar of Paladine, who is the god of lawful good. He's the patriarch and the head of the uh, the gods of good on Kryn. He's also Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon, and so Takesis is the super evil god goddess. On Kryn, but she also has the same form that Tiamat does. And so, from what we understand, part of this is going to be, I feel, is going to end up being, or I think, it's probably going to be some retconning or a combination of retcon and clarification of like, why does Tiamat look like Tachesis? Who's who and what's what? So, I think that might be part of this whole Echoes thing where mm-hmm. there's like a Tiamat has like a, a doppelganger or like a, an echo of or an herself. Yeah. Yeah, an aspect exactly, an aspect. And so, to your point, Troy, I think you're, I think you've, you're, you're probably onto something because Fizban being the uh, the representative of dragons on uh, in like of dragons makes sense. He is like the probably the most prominent dragon centric creature or figure probably across the D and D cosmology. Honestly, uh, if you look at it from under that scope, right? Because if you're talking about because he's Bahamut, right? Who's like a Forgotten Realms. I mean, it's it's shared across multiple uh, multi multiple multiverses of of uh, of Dragonlance yeah. or not Dragons of D and D. So, I think it makes a lot of sense. Do I agree with you that it's not a Dragonlance book? Hundred percent. No way. I'm actually. There's a part of me. I hope they don't put dragon uh, draconians in there. Honestly. That's what I was. That's what I was wondering. It's like, are they going to make draconians like a playable they, race? Like what we're reading right now is that draconians are supposed to be not as a playable race. No, they will be in there as monsters. I f- I have a feeling though that if and or inevitably when the Dragonlance books the campaign setting does come out, that draconians will be a playable race. They'll be eventually like an offshoot of dragons or dragonborn. Some mm-hmm. people are arguing against it, saying, "Well, dragonborn are close enough. It is what it is." But draconians are very distinct. From yeah, Dragonborn. But, but you could, I mean, I would hope that they don't make a new race just for Draconians. I hope they just make them the equivalent of the, the you know, the Dragonborn in the rule system, hmm. but just not make them playable because it doesn't, I mean, am I wrong? Is has the, Have there ever been any good Draconians? Yes. Mm-hmm. The Doom Brigade. Okay. Well, then uh, Kang is uh, the Doom Brigade was a like a, a group of Draconians that were good. 
And then there are also the noble draconians, which were so the evil draconians came out quote unquote evil because they were corrupted by Tachesis through a ritual uh, that was done to them where it was good dragon eggs that had been stolen from the good dragons. Those were corrupted and they became the dragon men or draconians. Noble dragons, no, noble draconians are the opposite where evil dragon eggs had been taken and then sanctified and they came out as effectively like dragonborn on uh, Kryn. And yes, but even still the evil draconians, there was a group of them, the, the doom brigade that kind of like that shunned, Takesis's t- uh, her uh, teachings or whatever mandates, whatever you want to call it, and uh, effectively kind of like what the uh, the Elastrei uh, Drow mm. did. So there's yeah. So you could play a Draconian uh, in a di- in a certain era, definitely not in the War of the Lance era, but because they were all right. super evil at that right. point. But with you know uh, Watsi's push towards you know yep. not doing that. Yep. That okay. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Who knows? Who I mean, knows? honestly, I'm just glad to get some love. I'll, I'll take oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll lap it up like a damn dog. <laughs> Fine, Watsy, you got me. <laughs> I want. Let me. I want. I want to put one addendum on this. One more thing I'm going to say about this, and then I'll be done. Um, the guy, whoever, whoever they had paint or do the fizz band, like they've got an image of him, and it's. I'm not sure that it's fizz band. I think it's more. Bahamut, because I think Bahamut had like the canaries that were like he was mm-hmm. attended by twelve yes. yellow canaries that were all ancient gold dragons, if I remember correctly. Correct. So there's like one on Fizban, and he totally looks a high in his picture, uh, and b he kind of like reminds me of, like uh, Tommy Chong, like the way they kind of like he's <laughs> the way he's kind of put together. Hey, <laughs> he man. does not look like the way that I would have expected him, but whatever. Like yeah. if there's some people that were kind of like befuddled by it, but I thought it was actually kind of kind of funny. Which it actually makes sense that Fizban acts the way that he does. Yeah. Because he got sense. into that wacky tobacco. Go, hey man, go away. Fizban's not here. <laughs> Fizban's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is shaking his head because he doesn't no, get that joke. Get it's okay, Zach. It's I don't okay. need to. I know it's lame. I know it's lame. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> I know it's lame. How Thanks, dare buddy. you, sir. Yeah, well, Zach, you've been awfully silent though. Do you have anything that you want to add to it, or you're like, I, I think this book is so far behind. Like, I'm, I'll be excited about it. I'm sure it'll have useful things, but like, we've gotten a million dragon supplements at this point, even one from the artist of the Forgotten Realms. You know, the Five mm. E artist. Uh, um, uh, what is it? Jetpack Seven that did that do most of the stunning artwork for a lot of the D products they already mm-hmm. made a dragon book so like to me this is one step where i'm excited for it but i also feel like i already own three versions of this book um mm-hmm. um and so what are they going to do that hasn't already been done in some form or fashion in somebody else's book no maybe maybe we'll get some some great stuff but for me it's like okay well, um, I would have rather seen, I don't know, a different take on something else. We've got a dr- Dragonomicon in a lot of, in, in, in previous editions. Um, maybe it's time to do something other than dragons as a, uh, mm. as a Nomicon, right? Like Book of um, the Dead, right? Like an yeah. all undead book or something cool yeah. like that, right? Yeah, like necromancy, uh, you know. Because we kind of already got like the Book of Necronomicon. Demons and Devils. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. That's another product. Um, yeah, I don't think they can, I don't think they have the rights for that. One. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I'm excited, and I'll be happy to read it over. And I'm sure there's cool things in it. I just, it's it didn't it didn't it didn't grab me like the Van Richten's guide grabbed me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I really want this. It's just like, okay, cool, yeah. So yeah. now this I can next totally see that, that though. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's stick with with what happened at D and D Live because this this yeah. got dropped at D and D Live, right? Mm-hmm. So they also talked about you know. Obviously, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, mm-hmm. and about all of the the minis that they're going to drop. I'm going to put a link to that in there. Um, pretty cool minis, but they're doing icons of the realms where you can get everything that's being released for Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Every single thing, plus a few extra mm. miniatures and stuff. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Holy crap! How many miniatures does that make? Uh, like a hundred or less. Still, man, seven seven bucks and some change per mini. That's that's steep, man. That's steep. Yeah, it, it, I think you know. I think it's actually it's closer to like nine bucks a miniature when you. When you figure it out, because it's less than a hundred right now. It's eighty-one I, total. Eighty-one total. Is that with the uh, the special freebies that they're that they're adding to it, or the special chase figures, or whatever? Um, I mean, I it it, it includes the exclusives, yes. Okay, because yeah, and then there's some stuff that you get that you could only get if you get this huge box of eighty some minis. I don't. Tasha is one of them. You yeah, get Tasha, Tasha. You get a Tasha. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like uh, seven hundred fifty bucks for uh, less than a hundred minis is a lot. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me, and I and I love minis. But I will say this: I am getting the Idols of the Realms. The 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 two, the two little uh, blister pack boxes that you can see the actual minis that are inside. Yeah, they if. If any anybody out there remembers the old uh, first edition AD and D toy line that came out with Kallik and Strongheart and mm-hmm. War Duke, mm-hmm. they've got all of them as minis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. That is cool, and I want them. <laughs> the 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 good the good guys are uh, Valor's Call. And then the bad guys are the League of Malevolence. Hmm. So. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I got that. Uh, what else? Anything else exciting that came out of D&D Live that we can remember? Yeah, they put, they put out the Strixhaven alternative cover art, which I thought was really good. I liked it. Um, Beetle and Grimm's has, like, a platinum and a silver edition of the Beyond, Wobbly on the Witchlight that's coming out. That's not super... Surprising. They went into a lot of detail and released a lot of artwork for all of the books. Uh, hey, really quick, since we're talking about alternative cover art, uh, how do you like them alternative cover arts for the Treasury of Dragons? It's great. I, I think it's awesome. I, I don't know it. that I've seen it. Yet. Yeah, it's like Have two not? dragons oh God, kind of gorgeous. like linked oh, the, in, in a... Yeah. Oh, not that okay. 
Yeah, they're kind, kind of, of like, like a yin yang. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. Dra- gold dragon, red dragon, dukeru yeah. kind of thing yeah. going. Yeah, that's one to to grab the the old cover in for sure. Yeah, they talked about also like the the Strixhaven. So one of the things I thought that was interesting about the Strixhaven, they they gutted the subclasses. Oh yeah 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 the 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 uh, the subclasses that you could put on whatever. They backed out. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they backed out because it, they backed out because the consensus of the community was that wizard stuff should stay with wizards. Mm. Uh, yeah. that was they they came they they were very clear we are canceling this because the community did not like it and they had a backup just in case so we're we're getting i think some backgrounds and feats feats that that give you mm-hmm. some wizardy abilities or stuff yeah yeah the, the the stuff that i've got in my notes they've got we've got new character options with backgrounds and feats in yep. the character builder uh, new uh, new spells and magical items. There's a multi-year campaign beginning as first-year students who study, socialize, and adventure. They're all their way up to graduation, so it's kind of like a Hogwarts vibe. Uh, mm. it ha- the, there are actually four adventures that can be uh, played as either a standalone or you can create uh, kind of like an interwoven campaign, and it's from levels 1 to 10. Uh, there are 40 adventures uh, Creatures and NPCs that are included for stat blocks. There's a new player race called the Owlin, which are like owl folk that study at the university. Um, I think that's and it can be like they say that you can kind of like plug and play it into any D and D world or campaign. So maybe you know I'm thinking you know Dragonlance centric. So like mm-hmm. Towers of High Sorcery, you could probably pull some of the stuff out of that and, and use that in your campaign. Maybe. Hmm. This is probably the one that is that is aside from Theros because I don't I know that Theros was a magic was a magic book a Magic the Gathering's like um, campaign centric book, but uh, I don't it doesn't feel like it to me. So between like I don't have the Ravnica book, uh, mm-hmm. but with this I think there's enough in this that just on the surface that I could go in and I could snag some stuff out of it. To where I'm actually looking, kind of looking forward to seeing how this one pans out. So I'll I'll pick it up on D and D Beyond, and then I'll make the decision about whether or not I want to get up the get the physical copy or not. Yeah. All right. And I think I think one of the biggest things that came out of D and D Live, uh, bigger than Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, bigger than the minis, bigger than all that stuff, is D and D is partnering with Willy Wonka Candy and we're getting D&D nerds. Oh, thank God. Oh, man. I, I've i been waiting for that one for... Oh, oh man. For so long. And we're getting uh, seven mini-adventures that are that have that theme, that the D&D nerds. They have a nerd theme. That's, what, that's, that's good. So... Yes. We, listen, it's more important that we have a nerd-themed adventure... In fact, seven of them, or however many, than that we have um, one Theros-themed adventure. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, we don't know yet. the The nerds could be uh, the nerd adventures could be uh, Theros-themed. Theros. <laughs> I mean, oh gosh. <sighs> or, or better yet, you know, since they're we're getting multiple nerd adventures, maybe one's Forgotten Realms, one's Theros, one's Ravnica. We could only help. I mean, yeah. 
it's you know multiverse spanning. As long as the TVA doesn't find out about it, I think we're gonna be good. <laughs> oh gosh! All right. There's there's a lot of stuff that came out of the uh, the D and D Beyond. Uh, I I do want to comment that two of our friends, um, yes, and mm-hmm. fellow writers, um, Andrew Bashinsky and Daniel S. Um, were selected as uh, two contestants in the uh, DM challenge. So, congrats to both of them. Yep, they have made it to the final ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Andrew on here at some point. At least. Right on. Yeah. So yeah congratulations to those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm not jealous well, hey. at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, fellas. It, it, we are... We are should, should, do do we continue on with our last piece of news, or do we save it? Because it's a big one, and we could talk for a while about that. I, I think, think I'm with you. We, I think we, we might, might want need to hold it. it. I think we might want to save it. Pocket. Let let us get into it a little bit more and, and uh, dig in. And I think uh, I think we that's we'll leave that as a little tease that something out there is bigger than any book, in my opinion, that we've talked about tonight. Agreed. This, and I, I have, I will say this easily. I have anticipated this book more and longer than any of the ones that we've seen and we've talked about thus far tonight, yep. for sure. I have, I have followed the creation of this book heavier yep. than, than, than any I have followed before. I knew more about this book before it came out than most books that are currently on my shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I I think it deserves I think it deserves we'll try to maybe like do a con, few news articles but really just devote news to it next week maybe and yeah because it, it it deserves a modicum of a deep dive and I'm sure uh, by then that you know most of the people that listen are going to be are going to figure out what it is yeah absolutely. I'll tell you what if you, the wheels are already turning that's right yep. if the you wheels are already are turning I'm already, I'm already, I'm already yeah. like concocting what I'm going to do with this stuff yeah so. Pretty excited. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, if you're on Discord, if you're on our Discord, uh, you already know. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you're not, why aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Troy did a good job putting it together. Uh, yes, and kind of fleshing Kudos it out to Troy. this well weekend. Done. So uh, it's yeah, not a good. it's not a thing that you've missed. It's a thing that's new. And yeah, exciting. and we're gonna be yeah that'll be part of the uh, the doobly doo going forward is the the invite to uh, join us on our Discord. Awesome. Well. Sirs, if we're done with news, should we go fill, refill our drinks? I think so. Oh, yes, I think so. And maybe, Parched. maybe, uh, maybe John can figure out his camera. Not likely. Not likely. <laughs> Not likely. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be uh, Derpel Stillskin over here for for a little bit longer. So. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. Let's go get, refill these drinks, and we'll be right back. All right. All right, welcome back, everybody. We've got our drinks refilled, and uh, we're going to talk about Warlocks. Um, this is the continuation of our class uh, maneuvers. Uh, we talked about Cleric. We talked about Ranger. And um, if there's another more controversial class than the one we're going to talk about next from uh, from a DM's perspective, I don't know where it is. Um, so this is, uh, I think... Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about next after this, but this one this one was easy to pick from the, the remaining list. 
Um, okay, so uh, this is probably going to be a shotgun sort of approach. But what are our feelings about Warlock as a class? Not from a mechanic, or it could be from a mechanics, but just just general impressions about the Warlock class. No, I don't like it. I'm still trying to figure out whether I like it. Seven years in, hmm. uh, the class itself is fine. the The mechanics of it are fine. It, it's not like it, you know. It's it's it turns into a one trick pony really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not why I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I do not like Warlock because in most instances, to me, it should not be an actual class that starts at first level. Amen. There is too much. There is too much story that happens off screen before you ever sit down at a table to play. Yeah. It, when they're when it comes to a warlock and and that is a there's a cascading effect to that mm-hmm. because how many people do you know that have played a warlock and they have that the the most common complaint i've heard is well my patron never comes up or there's nothing that ever my patron never comes to me and, and asks me to do something or whatever and to me it's like as the Look, DM, I wasn't part of the structure of you creating this class, so oh I don't gosh. know what you want for your warlock. Exactly. Look at my first bullet point in my notes here. Picking a patron is the equivalent of to picking the theme of the campaign, or at least a theme of the campaign, and likely predetermining a portion of your character arc. That's how I feel about a warlock. Like, it's it's you as the player, which I like you having involvement, but you picking to be a Pact of the Fiend warlock communicate so much about how the campaign has to go mm-hmm. in order for that to have any sort of meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I have a hard time with is that, like, and I completely agree with you, Troy. I think this is a class that that really, at its at its most meaningful, needs to come up as a multi-class thing that you dive into several slots in. And honestly, the class even feels that way because there's this, you get to sixth level and then there's this vast void from there on out. Mm -hmm. Like the class doesn't do anything after that. Like it's all front loaded. It's like they had, they're like, there's some really fun ideas that you can do with a patron. Like that's what the design was. It's like, there's some cool stuff here, but they didn't have enough class worth. So they just piddle around from sixth level on or from seventh level on um, with very few interruptions. Um, It's not worth like, that class does not grow at all after sixth level until you really until you hit 14th and you have that little moment of like, Whoa, this is awesome. And then it just goes on. And he's like, um, so, so it, to me, it feels like that the designers just weren't prepared or willing to have this idea of a prestige class or hybrid, like a, however you call that. Um, but that's exactly what this is. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so there's some times, like, there's a really great um, Descent to Avernus adventure where you play as, like, warlocks chained to paladins traveling through hell. And, like, there's some cool concept sort of things where the warlock fits the theme. But that's a a rarity. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, yes, I mean, for me, a lot of it boils down to I'm still just trying to get what the point is of a warlock. I don't. I don't traditionally either play or, and I'm not a. I don't enjoy having evil characters 
in my campaigns or characters that are tied to e- to evil, right? Mm-hmm. Are they like journeying down the dark path or whatever? Like there's there's some good stuff that's in there if there's a struggle against it, right? But if that's yeah. the case and the they, you know, they shun the shackles of their their patronhood to whatever dark power it is, what happens to that character after that? We got to retire that character, or we start from level one, or do we ch- change them over to a wizard, or what do we what do we do with them at that point? Do they find a new patron? I don't know, right? So th- it's that, and honestly, like for me thematically, why why is there a, is a warlock? Because right? why not a cleric? If the power, yes. whatever power it is that they're tied to, is that powerful, wouldn't that be a godlike creature or entity? And wouldn't that be divine? Even whether it's evil divinity or not, doesn't just because it's divine doesn't mean that it's good, right? So, yeah. to me, like, what's the why? Were they trying to do it because because if it's in, it's infernal, then there are fiendish godlike creatures in the nine hells that they could have attached themselves to instead of these lesser beings. And if the lesser beings are that powerful, why are they using piddly warlocks to do their stuff? You know, I just I mean, th- from a thematic point, I just don't. I've, I can't. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal in it. And then from a mechanical standpoint, the whole like being dependent upon short rests to be worth worth anything. Oh man, no, thank you. I don't want to be yeah. dependent on short rests because uh, there's no guarantee that I'm going to get them at all. And then like, how often is a, is a, a DM going to use a, a short rest? Once a day, maybe. Twice a well, day, mm, probably not. No, you shouldn't. Um, but but. I will I will defend its mechanics for a moment because I really think that the pact tr- split having pick you pick your patron and then you pick your pact mm-hmm. is a it, there's no other class that does that and it's really meaningful and it, it uh, adds a whole lot of variety because um, you know from the and I think there were three warlock subclasses or pa- patrons picked mm-hmm. from at the beginning and you had yeah. three yeah, pa- infernal packs to pick fey from the beginning and yeah the, so you had the nine. Elders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had n- nine options right from the beginning with the different combinations that you could have, mm-hmm. and it only grows exponentially from there. It that's cool. It just wasn't done beautifully, and it turned into a reliance on Eldritch Blast and a paranoia about using your spell slots. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but but it's, <laughs> yep. it is like it's a cool concept, and the Eldritch Invocations kind of helped in even making it even more unique. Like. There's some cool stuff mechanically there, um, but it's just lackluster in its in its delivery. Well, pa- yes. and part of it too is that like when when you come to spellcasters, arcane versus divine, right? It's like they all have. The, it's just still one big block list of spells, and then some people have access to some, some don't. But like part of it is what makes a warlock unique in their unique in their spellcasting ability outside of just the slots. That or that you have like bigger slot um, usage, or you have mm-hmm. a slot, uh, higher level slots that you can use on a more regular basis, as opposed to to many more smaller, right? Like, what is it about the spells that that distinguishes them from a wizard or a sorcerer? It's like this really bland spread between those three classes in particular, and warlock seems to be the most disinteresting one between between the three, even though. It's, Sorcerer is honestly not even a. It's not even that far off from being just really blah and uninteresting to me as a spellcasting class. Yep. I, yeah. I I kind of argue that you can like what Zach said earlier. You can make a better warlock by using a cleric. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I mean, what 
you're worshiping or what you're a pa- your, what your patron is, to me, that's all the same thing. It doesn't matter if they're a deity, if they are a, you know, a powerful fiend, if they're an archfey or what. You're still basically giving yourself over to that person to be a conduit for their power. So why is it different? What what makes a cleric in concept different from a warlock in concept? I say nothing unless well, the one warlock is like a... part is forced. If, yeah, exactly. If, if the pact is forced. But then all that is a story element anyway, and so you can say that the the the, the divine connection is forced also with well, and... with being a cleric. And in in the defense of the warlock, real quick, like I appreciate the difference when it comes to multi-classing. Okay. Because I don't like the idea of you're three levels in or you're six levels in or whatever, and you come in contact with this all-powerful being or whatever, and so you take a level of cleric or two or three levels. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like like. It, go all in or, or don't. Um, but I like the option of having Warlock there as like that unwillingness, that resistance, or that like, it's not all of who I am, it's a part of who I am. I think the Warlock does that really well as mm-hmm. far as like, um, I, you know, I'm pledging to give a part of me to the Warlock, to the patron, and the patron is giving me benefits in return. That's a different relationship than the cleric who's like, you are my dude. <laughs> It's, a, it's I, supplication. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but, but isn't it, couldn't but, you argue with this same? It's the same thing with the with the warlock pact, though. Like in all honesty, shouldn't the warlock pact be more in favor for the the patron than for the warlock themselves? Yes. yes. Right. So then, but how is it? Any, I still I'm still trying to figure out wrap my mind around the difference between. In the bar, in the bargain or the deal, right? It's like it's still a tit for tat between the two. Is one just a better, a worse? Is a more raw deal than the other with a, a a god versus a warlock? It depends on the god, right? Yeah, it, or, a, a, a god versus a patron. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's like I could say I'm a warlock, but I'm a cleric class, or I could mm-hmm. even say I'm a cleric, but I'm actually using the warlock class. It, I mean, there to me, it's just. There's enough flavor difference it's too weak, that, but yeah, there's flavor difference, and there's and there's inherent story difference. But I can change that flavor, and I can change that story, and still use those mechanics and come out with the same thing. Well, sure, but you could do the same thing with Druid and Ranger. Yeah, I mean, like, like there's there, there's an you have to there's there's degrees of difference that we're gonna have to accept right same thing with wizards and sorcerer right like you could flavor it either way the mechanics of it like the only well, reason wizards have to have a spell book is because we say they have a spell book you could say it comes in eight and it works out just fine well yeah you know in a way but same thing with fighter and 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 uh and rogue right like they're they're playing in the same field um exactly it, yes exactly because i could be a rogue character i i could i could be a rogue and that's my character class but yeah. when when i walk into a tavern and you know because this always happens and the bartender says hey what are you i'm a fighter yeah yeah exactly. but you're using you know but you're using the rogue class so what 
I'm yeah. a fighter. I look at myself as a fighter. Just and that, like that's yeah. going to happen. Like like anytime, and I say we we just talked about rogue and fighter being similar, but like anytime we stray from that like holy trinity of classes or like original ideas of what the classes were, and the more classes we add on, the the similarities are going to start, you know, oh, manifesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's and I think to, that's why I keep going back to like spellcasting in particular. Even the art, the the artificer, right? Yeah. They all use the same mechanics when it comes to to casting spells. Yeah. There is like if they could take some way of maybe abstracting the spellcasting stuff mm-hmm. more and giving it like to where it's not like a a block that you read from. It's kind of like you choose one from column A, one from column B, column one from column C, and that's your spell. Mm-hmm. And you could do yeah. this with this A, and it can mingle with this thing over here. Maybe if there's like, but it, they all kind of, again, they all blend together. They're all pretty much the same thing. Well, it's because, just all the little yeah. bolt-on stuff that makes them any different. Because they're all pulling for that from the same batch of spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and granted, like I said before, they're not really they're not casting all of the same spells from this from the list, right? No, there but... are they're like Evard's Black Tentacles is a warlock specific. Uh, spell that they that only they can cast, and that makes it more unique. But it's still they're still all casting spells the same way. And there's just like like if you were to do like if if they brought psionics in, would you want them to cast spells with psionics? Well, that's what they're kind of doing right now, anyway. But, which I don't yeah. like that. It just seems either. again, it's like well, why isn't it, it's just a wizard? Make it a wizard. It's just a, yeah, it's a mind wizard. Wizard subclass. Yeah, mind wizard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, he, I feel like we're we're wrong. We're wrong. Piling on, which is what I knew yeah. was going to happen, and that's oh, why I said, "Let's take this wi- stupid yeah. warlock." Uh, but, 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 like, I, I want to reiterate that, like, I genuinely like it in certain instances, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like in our current campaign, I think in both of the current campaigns that I have, I have a warlock or a warlock multi-class, and like, it fit within the parameters of the story. It fit the story, not the story fit it. Mm-hmm. And so there's this there's a there's a fun element to play with because there's a reason for me to have patron, right? Um, and and that's one of the things you know like Tasha's I think it was Tasha's introduced the idea more heavily of patrons yes. as this as this meaningful element to your campaign. I think that's a great addition. We talked about that in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. I think warlocks can help keep that in the forefront of the discussion or of yes. the adventure, right? So, like, there are moments where it's a really great thing to have. Like, all the reason that your patron keeps showing up is because, or your group keep, patron keeps showing up is because it's your, also their warlock is here, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, it allows you to play with those higher powers more directly without it being, feeling like oh, deus ex machina or something like 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 oh, that sort only of if the dm puts the time into it yes absolutely mm-hmm. and, absolutely and yeah. to me that that that's also part of the issue with the class because mm-hmm. if you more often than not what i see happen is they somebody's taking the warlock and they don't even read the first couple blurbs of the class all they're mm-hmm. doing is taking it because I want to cast Eldritch Blast and I want to have, you know, a hex blade or you know I want to do yeah. this and I want to do that. There's nothing flavor wise that is taken into consideration. They're like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the Pact of Defeat. Well, what's your what's your your patron's name? Oh, I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know who's giving you no. I, I just that, took the class. Yeah, that sometimes that's that's this comes that back to a thing, and I learned this lesson. So I say I learned this lesson. I probably didn't, but I learned this lesson a few years ago, and I I see this lesson being a difficult one. Is when you have a player that you have playing a warlock early on, they are counting on you to help them know how that patron is important, mm. right? Most of the time, the player comes to you and says, I want to play a Pact of the Fiend Warlock. Maybe they have some idea of a backstory, maybe not. But what, mm. they, what they're handing you is, I, most often is, I don't know how to put this into your story. So here, right? And, and, and Yeah, and that was going to be my point. Because yeah. let's say I'm running a published adventure. Yeah. Or... Or maybe maybe I'm you know it's easier if it's it's a completely homebrew, but I'm running a published adventure, yeah. and now the player has come and said, "Here, here's this thing I want you to stick in to the campaign." Yeah, yeah. and you got to shoehorn that in yeah. and shoehorn it in, and it's yeah. and a lot of times it's not going to be pretty, and I feel like the players that want that aren't realizing the fact that you've created a campaign character yeah you're giving me something that a whole campaign can be built around yeah yeah and or at least a a critical component yeah and it's like like, so now i'm gonna have to rethink or or whatever perfect sometimes it's perfect sometimes it's great if you pick an archfey patron and you're in the moonshay boy Mm. are you gonna have an interesting time because the adventure is already written for you to have a lot of interaction with people tied to or dancing around your patron. Yeah. Um, it's rougher. And I think it's even harder when, like, I think you could, like, I remember playing a warlock in a game several years ago, and the DM said, okay, well, you're you're going to have an undying patron. Great. Awesome. That's what I wanted. You don't know who your patron is, and you'll figure it out during the campaign. You just, there's some entity out there, right? I never found out. Like sometimes I would have these yeah. weird interactions like in a dream or like when I was close to death, but I never learned anything. And so like for me, I had imagined like I'm going to be this I'm preaching the gospel basically of my patron. Like I imagine this relationship where I could sway people to the call of this guy. Mm-hmm. And I I I spent 2 years not even knowing who he was. Right? Yeah. So yeah. the that's that's on me for playing a warlock early and and for not fitting to the campaign that I knew was there. And that's also on the DM for saying for for not working in it. It's just a difficult thing, right? It's adding it, another it, piece it, to an already is. complicated time. Well you've got to keep up with it and you have to think about like how you're going like to Troy's point, you're gonna to have to integrate this component into the story and then keep up with it. Like yeah. oh, that's right. Okay, I gotta make sure that we bring up the, the the his patron again, and I've gotta do. Okay, in every session, I've gotta put leave a breadcrumb trail that I've gotta remember. Mm-hmm. Even though you get caught up in in the bigger story, that's really the most important thing. It's like whatever the main thread is or the thrust of the story, you lose sight yeah. of some of those characters. So in order to, if I may, to keep yep. from just like beating the crap <laughs> out of out of Warlock, there are thing components about Warlock that I think are really good and really interesting. That I think that if they had leaned harder into those things would make it a more unique class <clears throat> that is more interesting for me to either play or have at the table. And one of those things in particular is the, the boons that mm-hmm. you receive those, yeah, those, pact. those, the pact, yeah. the pact boons that you receive. 
<clears throat> that's neat. It's, it's yeah. good. There's some good. There's really good flavor in there. Some of them are pretty ho hum. Like yeah. you can cast a spell once per day. I'm like, well, I've got spells already. Why the hell are you giving me another spell that I can cast? Because well, I mean, it seems like a waste. Because they do have limited. I mean, it it, it is limited. Yeah, for, but it, for, you feel like, the so. limitation even more so when they're yeah. giving you fog cloud. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not using that. Yeah. Yeah, but if but at least it doesn't crush are, anything. <laughs> but there are some neat there are some neat things in there too that they have like when um, if you got things like uh, what you can like a uh, what is a devil's sight 120 yeah. foot dark vision yeah. and you can still see inside of darkness that's pretty cool yeah, that's pain right uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool for as a player though I, oh, I get yeah. why they would go for that it's it's really cool I you can read those, all that's languages that, that's awesome right that's one component of the warlock that I think is 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 cool then I think yeah. that if they lean into that more. And instead of worrying too too much about it being another spellcasting class, uh, maybe pin, like lean into that more and say, either we're going to create a lot more, or depending on your pact, here are the things. And I know that there are pact limitations yeah. that are in there also, right? But it, like very pact specific things that make yeah. you more infernal like, right? You yeah. start taking on like that's the difference between a, a god and a patron is that. You start like the taint of whatever it is. You start kind of there's like an, an, an amalgamation that occurs where you start. Mm -hmm. th they start affecting you physiologically, and so yeah. you look more fey. You've got feathers or you know or whatever that that'll. Yeah. The, the, if you're an if you're a human, you have pointy ears that that grow like yeah. your Eladrin, right? Um, or and uh, or if you're infernal, that you smell like brimstone when you walk around, but you're not in, you're not a, a tiefling. Things like that that make you more like the thing that you're supposed to be would be like, very. There should be less of a filter. Clear, yeah. There yeah, should yeah. be less of a filter between a warlock. There you go. Thank you. And their patron, good as job, opposed yeah. to yeah. a cleric and their deity. Um, yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think. Well, and the way it's written, it's kind of like you know, kind of like my my beef with a lot of stuff that that wizards puts out. They give you something cool in the description, yep. And then they completely ignore it mm -hmm. in the mechanics of stuff. Um, there's like you know we keep talking about how you know patrons you know they'd be shoehorned in their desires and whatnot. They never really give you an example of of what that's going to look like, or even talk about what does the patron care, right? Because you know, if if the patron is looking down and and with their machinations and and you know their their unfathomable plans that you know mere yeah. mortals couldn't comprehend, and they look down and go, hmm, you know what would really help me right now is if I gave John just a little bit of my power so that he can eldritch blast somebody and have devil's sight. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna visit him and make him a deal and that's going to push me further to my goal. Oh, he did what I wanted him to do. Cool. Now I'm off doing something else. Mm -hmm. Totally I give I, I do not care as a patron that John still has that little moat of my power. Well mm -hmm. they even they even have struggle with it because they they their their sentiment is that the warlock when their warlock is given a portion of the power, it's theirs. They cannot mm. get it taken back. That's that's the right. wizard's mindset, and it's like that's such a weird mindset to have. I mean, sure. I mean, you can you can say it however you want, but like they can they can they can. They're, it's their sandbox. They they can do whatever they want to with it. But and to uh, me, it's it's 
I kind of, per, I almost prefer the, you know, it's a, it's a set it and forget it kind of aspect where the, the patron gives you that piece of power and then you go off your merry way and you don't have to really worry about the patron coming back and asking you to do stuff because if you do want to put that kind of thing in, since there's less of a filter between patrons and warlocks, that also means that if you do something against your patron, that patron should be able to go, you know what? You don't like it? Yoink! And strip yeah. you of your abilities. Well, that's, and I know why they don't do that, because the same yeah. reason why they don't do that with paladins. Or clerics, like how, or whatever. Or right? Paladins or clerics, right? It's like, well, at least that's that, the thing. That it's like, these otherworldly powers have, other, have their own motivations. And you're supposed to be in line with their motivations, or you're supposed to be doing something that is furthering their motivation, and not only, not you're just your own. Like, if you are a... Uh, like a, a cleric of Lathander, you should be spreading the light everywhere that you possibly go and everything that you're doing, you should be evangelizing, proselytizing accordingly, yeah. right? So if you're yeah. an a, but if you are a, if have a patron of some elder evil in the in the vast beyond, what the what's like? Unless you're trying to pull like bring them into the prime material plane here and let, help them take things over, right? They don't care. They don't care. Why would they care, right? And how yeah. are you tapping into their power and them not knowing about it or them being kosher with it in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, anytime you have this difficulty, it's, it's really about Wizards trying to make sure that the class that you chose to play, you get to play, right? Like, it's the same reason mm -hmm. why if you're, if you're a wizard and your spell book gets destroyed, what would have otherwise cost you a ton of time and effort and money? You can just remake it in a long rest or whatever, right? Like, because they're trying to say, like, we don't want you to lose the ability to play the thing that you want to play because the whole class is built around that, right? Like, mm -hmm. so that's the same thing with pa pa why you can't lose power from a warlock or you can't lose your cleric power and why you don't even have to worship a deity because we're at the end of the day, we're playing a game and well, the mechanics are more important than the flavor. Maybe. I don't agree with any of that. I don't agree. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> What they're trying to say is that the power of the DM is is not going to ever extend to the point where they can mess with your chosen class. Oh yes, it mm. can. I agree. I'm just saying that that's what they. No, I <laughs> I, I understand what they're what yeah. they're writing, but like with a lot of the stuff that they write, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to have it in my game because <laughs> I stripped a character of his cleric abilities because right. he went against the the deity, yeah. given given multiple chances, and it was a cool arc. For yeah. him to get his powers back, yeah, mm -hmm. and to me that that's that's what irks me about some of the stuff Wizards puts out because yeah. it's like, oh no, we don't want any of this. You shouldn't take people's powers away. It's like now you're telling me how to tell a story, yeah, with by players and and something it's, cool. It's like it's it's the it's the bad DM. It, it, it's the I say bad DMs. It's it's one bad apple spoiling the bunch right it's the idea of there are dms out there who enjoy ripping things Taking from things, players right. and yeah. so if the official answer is you can't it keeps that sour thing from spreading right and and not that you not that i mean you know that you can do whatever you want right it's your yeah. game but but at least in that when the player and the dm are coming to blows the 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 uh the stance of wizards is we yeah. want to be on the side of somebody who's getting something ripped away from them as opposed to the person who's doing the ripping. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a question before, because I, I think we're close to wrapping this up, but let's, let me pose this to you. Um, 
a player comes to you, you start in a new campaign. And now we all know that we aren't all super, we, we're very much not fans of the Warlock at early levels for the most part. Player mm-hmm. comes to you, you're running a generic fantasy thing, maybe Storm King's Thunder, and they say, I want to play a Warlock. Mm-hmm. What's your response? Convince it's not. A, it's not. It's not on my allowed list. And you know me, I'm a pussycat most of the time with my players. I just don't, I don't, I don't do warlocks in my campaigns unless if now, if they, but I, I will put like an asterisk next to, next to it that says, you've got to give me Troy a damn good reason why your warlock is going to have anything to do with what's going on. What motivations are going to be in line with the things that we're trying to do in the, that everyone else is trying to do in the campaign that you're not going to be. Uh, a burr and people saddle you're not going to be trying to sabotage you're going to have some other motivation that is you know give me a good reason and i will listen but mm-hmm. the default is we don't do warlocks at my table yeah flat out that's kind of uh, that's why i say you know no convince me <laughs> yeah and and i agree with john i don't like inherently evil stuff in my campaigns as far mm-hmm. as players and stuff go to you know so i can see Okay, if you have a good reason for a uh, uh, a warlock, pit, you know, of the Archfey, okay, that's a bit yeah. easier to deal with, or maybe a genie, or you know, whatever. But when you come at me with your standard, you know, stereotypical, I uh, packed, you know, of the fiend, mm, probably not. No, mm-hmm. because I always, yeah, yeah. no. I, mean, I always like say could, an argument could be made. An argument can be could be made possibly that Ghost Rider is a Pact of the Fiend warlock. Yeah, right. I, okay. Deal with the devil, and he's using all the powers of the, that he gained from his fiendish uh, pact to do good. Right. John okay. Constantine's kind of like in that same little realm. So yeah, but it's possible to do it's it. Possible. But I mean, yeah. But I, you damn well better. Not only can you tell me, give me a good idea, and I like that too, and we're kind of like simpatico on the same page about it. That is the thread that you're going to have to run that character with, or yeah. uh, it's going to be a problem at the table. We'll have a chat. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll tell you what I do. I've started doing. If you want to play a warlock, cool. I'm going to... You have to be okay with me picking your patron. Now, if you decide you don't want what I bring to you, that's fine. Like, not a big mm. deal. But if you want to play a warlock, I'm going to evaluate the campaign and where I see it going. Like, the, the beats of the campaign. And it I am sure that there is a patron on the list that would work for this campaign. Right. Right. So I, I'm, if you're happy to be a little bit flexible, right. Um, I'm happy to meet you halfway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a great example, like I'm throwing this out there as a, as a silly example, maybe, but like if somebody said that they wanted to play a warlock in curse of Strahd, I might say, if you are willing to play undead, and I am going to have, and I will pick an NPC within the Curse of Strahd, or a rival to Strahd, or some, I will find something, because it fits the themes, it fits the flavor, It I can work, I have the components already there in the story, great. But if you're like, I really want to play a, um, you know, fathomless <laughs> warlock in Curse of Strahd, I would be, that's not really gonna, like, like, I, I love you. I love your excitement, <laughs> but I don't know that that's really going to work because there's no water in Strahd and there's not, or at least like mm-hmm. you're not in the sea. You're not going to be in the sea. You're going to be in this house. It's not going to fit the feel. You're going to feel out of place. 
everybody around yeah. you is going to look at you funny and you're not going to feel like you're doing the cool thing that you wanted. You're going to be looked at, at an odd duck, not the, mm-hmm. not the mysterious mm-hmm. entity that you're, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Joe, Joe's like, yeah, but they're loners. Yeah. And that's, mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Now, yeah, I I did a Warlock Pact of the Fiend in fourth edition. But I, I was reluct I was a reluctant warlock. I didn't want that. That was mm-hmm. part of my story. Cause you know, uh, the I was a tiefling also. I, I, w- I went full stereotype mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so it was my the the fiend that uh you know produced my bloodline you know, kind of forced it on me mm. kind of thing. And I didn't have a choice. So it was, well, crap. I, I guess I had to deal with it. And I, I made it that way because we were doing the published campaign, you know, that was supposed to end with, you know, battling Orcus. Mm. And so my patron was a direct rival of Orcus. So hoping that I made it to the end of the campaign the patron was betting on me because it was kind of like, yeah, he's, he's feeding me power so that Orcus doesn't see him coming after him. Hmm. It's kind of like on the sly and it's kind of like that. That's how I justified doing it because it it fit the campaign goal. Mm -hmm. But yeah, never made it to Orcus. (laughs) So, well, uh, I feel like we've probably chatted enough about warlocks. I, I'm going to make this commitment to everyone right now. The next class is going to be one that at least two of us die hard love. Oh. I'm not going to commit to which one it's going to be, but I'm going to commit that we will pick one. <laughs> we'll find that one that somebody likes, or at least two of us like. Two of us really like, because I feel like we picked Ranger, which is a hard spot for everyone. Mm-hmm. Cleric, which I think we liked, but let's keep it balanced between likes and dislikes, and let's mm-hmm. find let's talk about a class next time that we're just like really caught up with, because um, there's there's a lot to love, um, and uh, hopefully they're valuable to somebody. I think that maybe this one was. Well, yeah. you know, I, I again, I think the warlock itself is cool. I just think that there's way too much story that they expect the player to come up with before the campaign even starts and then, and then have to have the DM figure out and stick in after the fact, this is something that should be built through. It it would be much better to have a fighter or something doing whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. like one of our other episodes about defeat, defeat is going to happen. And the fighter reaches out and calls for help mm-hmm. and who knows who's listening like, should oh. curl have levels in warlock that's the question troy Ooh. right yes that I mean, makes sense it does but again it's it's not a first level character right there's right. like history there anyway it happened something happened yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> so just trying to just trying to you know say that zach you know we're yeah, we beat the crap out of it, but in certain situations, mm. it yeah, can it be a lot of fun. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, I appreciated chatting with you guys about this. I thought that it was an interesting discussion, even if we did beat the crap out of it. Um, yeah. And I think it's sometimes nice to voice the reason behind the dislike um, more than just saying, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did a good job of trying to trying to be clear with the answers. Um, doesn't mean that people are going to like the answers. Doesn't mean that we're always going to stick to our answers either. Um, for all my listeners out there, so I reserve the right to tell you that you can play whatever warlock you want and <laughs> to completely go against all the stuff I said on this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, but I would imagine that there are at least some players out there listening who vehemently oppose uh, our statements tonight and really want to insist that warlocks are just as good or better or more interesting, more engaging, Mm. more whatever than what we are giving them credit for. Um, I also reserve the right to change my mind. Um, If Mm. you, if you have plenty of good examples or you can, you know, message us and talk about some really key campaigns where a warlock really made all the difference for the feel of it. uh, I'd love to hear that Um, because it, if anything, it's going to help me learn from someone else's experience about how to, uh, you know, bring bring a warlock into the campaign fold. Um, so if that's you, um, shoot us a message on Facebook. Uh, all three of us pay attention to that, and um, we'll we'll happily respond. You can find us at um, the Bite Size Gaming or Bite Size Gaming on Facebook. Um, you can find our podcast by going to the bite Size gaming podcast if you're watching us live on twitch if you're listening to us on the podcast you can watch us live every sunday and tuesday um on twitch and also on facebook um is there anything i'm forgetting fellas that's it i don't think so okay well hey uh thank you uh john and troy for uh, standing with me in our disdain for uh, the first level warlock. <laughs> Once more tonight. into the gap. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> and uh, hopefully we get to do it again very, very soon. Um, yes. I think we're going to pick up. Well, I, I shouldn't say any of that, um, but who knows what our next episode will be. Because I don't know when what what line uh, this episode is going to fall in. So um, I'll just keep my mouth shut and make Troy's life easier. Yeah. Um, thanks, Troy. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody who's listening. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Have a great game. Take care, everybody. Excelsior. You have to tell them to be safe. Oh, be safe. (laughs) Wink. That's right, Craig. We are going to keep calling ourselves professionals until either we live up to it or you all start believing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.